Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father. What is that? Real repentance. See, he didn't sit there with the pigs for two or three months. Well, I think I'll go back to my father. Hmm, Maybe I'll wait a little while. I think I'll go back to my father. I think I'll go back to my father. A lot of people do that. Well, I'll wait to get right with God. I'll think about my father. It is going to come one of these days. No, he got up and he went. One of the hardest things for everyone to do is to admit that they messed up especially when they mistreated the one they ended up wronging. Swallowing one's own pride is tough. In the story of the prodigal, Pastor Mark will be explaining the process the son went through from arrogance to humility. He'll teach about the thing that confirms true repentance, action. We all know people who talk about being sorry, but don't demonstrate actions that confirm their sorrow. This is indeed a warning for us that when God convicts us of sin, We need to put action with our words of repentance. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, Two Lost Sons and One Loving Father. You were never designed to do that. You will never find fulfillment. Well, look at the last verse. And here's what he says. How many of my father's hired servants, the day servants, have food to spare? That shows us his father was generous. He didn't just feed the day workers enough. Here's a a little meal. No, he was generous. They had food to spare. And he says, and here I am starving to death. He remembered that his father's servants were living more comfortably than he was, and they had food to eat. Here's what you want to write. This is so true. This is what you want to pray for prodigals, people that are backslidden, relatives, family, friend, neighbors. When we come to the end of ourselves, we come to the beginning of God. And that's what God's doing. He's helping arrange the circumstances. Does this remind you of any other story in the Bible? Remember Jonah? God says, go this way. Jonah goes, what way? That way. Did God arrange any circumstances to bring him to his end? That's called a fish. He was inside the fish. When Jonah was inside the fish, what do you think he said? What was I thinking? (laughs) Same thing. God arranges the circumstance. So God isn't doing that to make it miserable. God's doing it to bring common sense to our mind. Come back home. So when you see this, look what he decides to do. Verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, God, and you, my earthly father. 
By the way, sin is always against God. Certainly is against others, but it's always against God. So when you see I've sinned against heaven and against you, what is it? It's real repentance. He did something that pleased the Father. He took responsibility for his sins. He didn't say, well, it was my dad's fault. He should have never given it to me. You know, over here, this is the famine. That must be God, too. He's punishing me. This is And I'm not, I'm not, no, no. He took responsibility for his sins. No excuses. See, repentance never works with excuses. Now, I want to go back to my father. And that's exactly what he said. He wasn't going to go back to a home, a building. He wasn't going to go back to his earthly father. He wanted to go back to his heavenly father. Now, here's what repentance is. Do you remember? This is what he's doing. Here it is. Repentance is to change one's mind. What was I thinking? Which results in a change of purpose, of direction, and of behavior. You'll see this played out. Now, as he's thinking of going home, he's kind of working out what he's going to say to his father, that I've sinned against you. But then he's thinking this in verse 19. Look at this. I'm no longer worthy. This is part of his talk that he's going to give to his father. I've sinned. I take full responsibility for it. Father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'd be exquisitely happy if you'll make me like one of your hard servants. You see, he realized in his mind, this is what he thought. He's not worthy now because he's blown everything. My father will never make me a son again. Guaranteed, he might forgive me, but I'm never going to have the same status. I won't have the same relationship at all. He's not going to restore me. I'm going to be a servant. But to be honest with you, I'll take the servant because at least I can eat. Verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father. What is that? Real Repentance. See, he didn't sit there with the pigs for two or three months. Well, I think I'll go back to my father. Hmm, maybe I'll wait a little while. I think I'll go back to my father. I think I'll go back to my father. A lot of people do that. Well, I'll wait to get right with God. I'll think about my father. It is going to come one of these days. No, he got up and he went. So he's got this rap. And when he meets his father, by the way, what do you think when he meets his father, he smells like? Let's not even go there, right? Watch this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Now, we don't know how that worked. Maybe he had a second story or whatever. Saw him. How often do you think that father went out looking for a son down the road? Probably every day. Do you know that God is looking for you? You're not in this building by accident. Some people call God, it sounds irreverent, but it's absolutely right on. The hound of heaven. He's always searching. You remember when Adam and Eve sinned, ate of the fruit? When they did that, what did they do? They tried to hide themselves from God, remember? And they covered themselves with fig leaves. They're itchy. Let's not even go there. What a stupid thing. What was I thinking? (laughs) And when they tried to hide from God, what did God do? Say, good, glad to get rid of you guys. I'm going to try another couple. No, what did God say? Adam... Where are you? Get over here. 
No, that's not at all what God said. He said, Adam, where are you? Now, did God like, didn't have a GPS? He couldn't find Adam. No, he wanted Adam to say, here I am. And when they walked in with their leaves, why did they have leaves? Because they covered themselves. They now saw their sin. Who pursued who? The hound of heaven went after Adam and Eve. Anytime you became a Christian, whenever that, the hound of heaven came after you. See, the Bible says in the Old Testament, no man seeks God, but God seeks man. Don't say, well, I was good enough. God picked me from the top. You have trouble. You need to get down here today. No, we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. Amen. You're going to see this. He sees him. And look what else. He was filled with what? Anger. No, compassion for him. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. That's a picture of God's grace. You see, most people think that God's distant, angry, and condemning. Totally wrong. We see the real heart of God. What is grace? Here it is. Grace is undeserved favor. We don't expect it, and we don't deserve it. There's no way this son expected his father to come and hug him and be filled with compassion. You see, the father, like God, is filled with joy when a person repents and comes home. And becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Now look at this verse. This is huge for us. And all of us that were sinners, we still need this verse. Those of you that have become a Christian, you need it. Those of you that are very religious but have never turned your life over, you those of you that are prodigals and backslidden, you need this verse. Look at it. Let's read it together, all of us. On the count of three, here we go. One, two, three. Oh, Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love, For all who ask for your help. For how many? Well, that covers everybody here. But it covers everybody in the world. God so loved the world. The son said to him, verse 21, Father, he's got his thing going. He's ready to go. I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And right there at that moment, watch me. The father goes, shut up. Probably didn't say that word. He says, listen, I've heard it. I know you've repented. Let me tell you something. So he stops his confession. He's already a believer. He's already repented. He already made he's a sinner. Look what the father says. But the father said to him, servants, quick, Bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring that calf we've been fattened up for a big wreck. Here it is. Get him, kill him, have a feast, and let's celebrate. Lost, found, repent, celebrate. How could he not celebrate? Notice, this is a picture of God. His eagerness to forgive when we don't deserve it. This son didn't deserve at all to be a son or to even really been forgiven. But when he came, the father was concerned. He was once dead, but now is alive. What do you do with that? You celebrate. Look at verse 24. Look how this plays. For this servant of mine, is that what it says? This son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost 
and found. So they began to celebrate. You see, the ring and the robe were signs of sonship, not for a servant. Do you know when anyone, backslider, prodigal, unbeliever, comes to Christ, a religious person finally says, I'm never going to be good enough, so I'm asking God to change my life. Look what you get, John 1.12. But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, as you see this happening, what are the tax collectors and sinners now going, oh, I like the end of the story. I like the end of the story. Because that means there's hope for me. We can be forgiven. Wow. And God is speaking to those of you that are sinners this morning or prodigals. You can be forgiven and restored. Now notice, you don't see the father saying, hey, tell me what your past life was like. How did you lose the money? The father was not interested in his past. He was interested in his future. That's exactly what God wants with you. Don't let the enemy say, well, God's going to quiz you about all that. God already knows that. He's already forgiven it. Boom, move forward. Don't be condemned. That's condemnation. It doesn't come from God. It comes from Satan. Now, when you see this, you say, well, Pastor Mark, that's a great picture. For people who have done anything, they're sinners. God's gracious, and he welcomes into the family of God. Does that say anything to us as a church? What if people come here, and they're living in sin? Maybe even some of them come and they're not dressed too well. Are we supposed to treat them like the father treated the prodigal? Yes or no? Pastor Mark, really? You're going to treat those kind of people? Maybe like a street person that would come in here looking for God? I think I need to find another church. Well, if you think we won't treat them like God did, you need to find another church. But before you go, how about getting saved first? Am I right? See, we're supposed to be like who? Do you know what this church is? It is a hospital. Dr. Jesus is in the house. How did you get found? Let's not even go there. All of us. And that is a picture for us. His grace. Now, what are the religious leaders thinking? This is good. The Pharisees. The sinners, they go, okay, I'm the prodigal. I'm the sinner. I did my life. God will forgive me. Praise God. And the Pharisees are thinking this. End of this parable has nothing to do with us. We feel good. Way to go. Go sinners. Get right with God. But they forgot. There's how many sons? Here comes the second one. And guess who the second one represents? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. I love it. Jesus is amazing. Now, the elder brother, remember who he represented? The Pharisees and the religious leaders, the scribes. Self-righteous, prejudiced, indifferent, can't stand being around sinners. See, here we go, verse 25. You ready? Here we go. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He's working hard, doing his religious stuff. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants, and he asked him, well, what's going on? What's the party all about? And the servant said, well, your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. Now, what's the response? Remember, Pharisees didn't want to be around sinners or prodigals. The older brother became angry and refused to go in to the party. 
So his father went out and pleaded with him. Same heart for the Pharisees as for the sinners and the prodigals. He's pleading with them. Notice what he says. So he's saying, what, why aren't you coming in? The elder son says, he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Remember, uh, we're perfect. We always keep the law. Mm, maybe not. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. And he continues. And watch this. But when this son of yours, look at me, not my brother, he couldn't bring himself to even say it, a sinner, a prodigal. Dad, this son of yours, he's not my brother. He squandered your property with prostitutes. He comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. You see, the Jewish leaders resented God showing grace to outrageous sinners. But what were they? Exactly the same. You see, this self-righteous, he even points out the sin of his younger brother. Prostitute, yeah, I don't have prostitute. Look at my brother. Look at my brother over there. And the older father tells all the good he's done. True, he was a hard worker. He obeyed his father. But remember, he said some words that were wrong. Notice what he says. I've been slaving for you. Well, why was he working for his father? One reason, to get the inheritance. How much did he get? Two-thirds. So his whole motive for serving his father wasn't because he loved his father. It's because he wanted to get the money. Remember what Jesus said? If you love me, look at it. If you love me, you will obey what I command. You see, if we obey God because we have to, we do not love God. It's just religious rules and regulations. And that's what happened. It was outward actions. They believed that their good works would get them to heaven. They didn't realize they needed to repent exactly like the prodigal and the sinners because Jesus would be the only way to heaven. Now, Basically, what he's saying is, why is there a celebration for an irresponsible people when I'm the model son? And the father goes on, and the religious leaders thought they were the only right people in the room. But you know what? From the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal coming home, all of those parables end with rejoicing. Who are the only people that aren't rejoicing? self-righteous, I'm better than you, there's no joy. Can I tell you this morning, dead religion brings dead people. There's no joy. I'm slaving for you, God. What a pitiful sight. You saw the kingdom of God is about joy, peace, and righteousness in God. See, there's no joy. There's no joy. Now watch what happens. Here's the problem. Write it down. The problem was their inward attitude. Outwardly, they look really good. But they were called hypocrites because their inward attitudes were jealousy, pride, self-righteousness. And let me add another big one. Unforgiveness. He would not forgive his brother. Now, when you see that happening, what is the father going to do? Well, look at this. Verse 31. My son, the father said, 
You are always with me. He lived in the house. He just didn't love the father. He was in church. He was doing the right things. He was working, but he didn't love the father. He didn't have a relationship with the father. My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. He's pleading with his son. I want to show you love and grace just as I did to your brother. Everything you have is yours. You can have a party anytime you want. Two thirds of this place is yours. Two thirds. And he says this in verse 32. But we had to celebrate and be glad. We had to. How could we not? Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and has been found. Lost, found, repent, rejoice. That's how you get to joy. Now, I want you to look very important. Look at the end of verse 32. Let me ask you a question. Is there a verse 33? Hello, this is not a hard question. Is there a verse 33? Chapter 16 is not the same topic at all. When you read that, you're going, uh, Jesus, what kind of a story is that? What's the question you have in your mind? Well, the question I have in my mind is, did the elder brother ever come around and repent and be restored? Isn't that the question you have? I mean, how many like a happy ending? I like a happy ending. There is no ending. What's up with that? We're left to wonder. And I began to think about that this week. Never thought of it before in my whole life. You know why Jesus didn't answer it? Because it's not about the elder brother. It's about you. Do you see it? See, we can't say what happened to the elder brother, but I wrote it like this in my notes. It just came from God. It's not me. We don't know how the story ended, but I can tell you this morning how your story can end in a celebration. Because it isn't about that son 2,000 years ago. It's about you, sinners, backsliders, good religious people, but you don't have a relationship with God. And of course, those prodigals that need to come home. Now, I want you to read this. Everyone who is a lost sinner or prodigal can be forgiven and become a son or daughter of God if... We hope that's what the elder brother did. We don't know. Jesus never, ever finished it. If you will repent and believe. And see, this is the heart of God. People have God wrong, angry, distant, aloof. No, no, no. Look at Romans 2.4. Don't you see how wonderfully kind? In this parable, how could you not? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? In today's message, Pastor Mark spent a lot of time teaching about the heart attitudes of the two sons as well as the father. We learned that pride and jealousy can be beneath a veneer of self-righteousness. The wonderful thing about the story is that the father was kind to both sons, even though both treated him poorly, each in their own way. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. 
Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. This concludes this teaching by Pastor Mark of a powerful story of man's callousness and selfishness contrasted by God's mercy and tenderness. In the next message, Pastor Mark will be teaching about what appears to be contrasts and contradictions concerning the Christian walk. He will be trying to help us understand that God wants us to celebrate life with Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.